Hey there everybody, welcome to continuing the conversation. You found a group of open-minded psychedelic explorers that are seeking to learn about ourselves and the universe through conversations with each other. A uh, little bit of background on our group. We uh, met on DMT World, a great community online. We'll leave the link for that in the comments. Uh, and then we started our own little Discord server, which we'll also share a link in the, in the show notes. Uh, but we get together on there to discuss books, podcasts, movies, current events, and just events in our lives. And then we record it to share it with you. But uh, this isn't a group where you can just listen. You can actually come join us. So come join the conversation and continue it with us. Uh, you found our first episode here. This is a conversation between myself, T-Rex Ophora, and Luke Skywalker to members of the DMT World community, uh, and we'd love for you to join us on each of those platforms, and then uh, keep checking out our podcast as it uh, evolves and changes and grows. Uh, we'd love for you to grow with us, so come join us. Anyway, enough of my ramblings, and uh, here we go, first recording of continuing the conversation. Hello. Hey, T-Rex. Can you hear me? How's it going there, Mr. Skywalker? Doing great. Um, Excellent. And hello, DMT World. Yeah, hey guys. How's All of it you going? out there listening in the future. <laughs> uh, well, uh, me and Rex here have decided to talk to you about books for a while and um to see where it goes we're thinking of calling it the book club or just book club yeah so this is a idea we came up with both of us have a, a love of books in this uh, thread and we are just looking to uh share that love with you guys and hopefully get you all involved having conversations with us about the stuff we've been reading I think today we uh, kind of decided that the subject is consciousness and ego, which I think is a great place to start. I couldn't agree more. Um, do you want... At least that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was so cheesy. <laughs> I like it. Oh, So uh, let's, let's, let's introduce ourselves just for those that... Uh, that may not know us from the site uh, as well as many of you probably do, but uh, I'm T-Rex. I uh, go. Go ahead. No. All right. So I'm T-Rex. <laughs> I'm a 38 year old dude that lives in Vermont. At least that's what my ego tells me. Uh, <laughs> and I got two kids and a wife, making me a husband and a father, according to said ego. And, uh, yeah, I've been into this stuff for a couple of decades now. I uh, got into it when I was 18, and I've been diving down the rabbit hole ever since. My That's a little about me. character is Luke Skywalker, 
Um, I, uh, well, if we're talking about this stuff, consciousness and ego, I've kind of, I mean, I've been on that since, since I was like five years old and I had this like epiphany of, man, I'm fucking tiny compared to the world. And then I thought of the universe and had this like, this explosion in my head, like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I couldn't process it. Um, but uh, this, I guess, uh, world with the um, medicines uh, is something that started, I think, like 10 years ago. And uh, this community has uh, changed my life. And I want to com- uh, contribute to it uh, however I can. Awesome. That's awesome. So uh, a question for you. It kind of came up there. You used the word... Uh, medicine. In medicine. I like that term. And there's so many words for it. Is that the one you, you prefer? Medicine, I change it up. Entheogens, psychedelic, it doesn't matter. They're all interchangeable? or Yeah, I like them all. I think they all have different... Um, places and times in conversation uh i use that one because uh well it's like uh, introduction and kind of like i, I don't want i didn't uh, want to i guess start it off with words that people might not know um but entheogen yeah. i think is one of my favorites psychedelics classic um yeah well, i like them all so so when did you join dmt world i think like april or may yeah, so I thought it was right around the same time as me. I was I think right it, at the middle of April. I think it all opened up in like the end of March or something. And as soon as I found out about it, I was like, oh, I got it off Reddit. Uh, <laughs> I was in this LSD subreddit because they have so much cool stuff in it. But um, this is just right so on. much better. You found it through Reddit, huh? Yeah. I found it through Facebook. Of course. The wonderful, wonderful Facebook. Well, that's uh, good. Shout out to KB for introducing me and bringing me aboard. Heck yeah, you're nice. the best. Happy. So you knew her on Facebook. That's cool. She was part of a cactus group that I was in. Yeah. Nice. I, yeah. Uh, and I, I may have been one of the few people from those groups that decided to come over because I sure haven't seen too much other. Yeah, it's interesting. Activity. Everyone was so like. Oh, what's the difference from Nexus and Shroomery? Why would I go there? How's the security? And it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that they got it for me was just its infancy. The fact that it was just starting. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Chance to, anything we have, time we have the chance to like do something new and try something different, to me, that's I, I, very attractive. Well, definitely. Uh, I'm drawn to new. That um, makes me think of um, something that uh, I can't remember whose quote it is, um, but they said that your mind is like a, a, a hill or a mountain that's full of snow. And the more you do something, the more like thoughts that you repeat or the habits that you repeat, um, you're, it's like you're skiing down the hill. And the so that path becomes more ingrained. And so whenever you do one of these entheogens or uh, whatever, what is kind of a, a good metaphor for what's happening would be the there's a fresh layer of snow. And you get to choose yeah. 
the new paths that you want to take. And uh, so what you're saying about it being new, I mean, that you're completely right. We get to decide uh, inadvertently almost just by contributing how the community evolves. And I think that's really cool. That's an awesome analogy. For for everybody that doesn't know this about me, I work at a ski mountain. And uh, <laughs> every time you're going to bring skiing and snowboarding into a talk about empty engines, I'm uh, fully on board. Right now we're getting rain at my mountain. I would much prefer that nice new layer of snow to break new trail. <laughs> but uh, So, yeah, uh, you've been on the site since the same about time as me now. Uh, and we've met tons of new awesome people and made new relationships and both of us have started some groups to try and to focus on different areas uh within the the guise of DMT world uh tell tell me about your groups what do you got going on oh god uh none of them really like take off or anything it's not like there's a bunch of uh but they're activity. going to now cuz we're going to tell people about them. <laughs> ah, I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the first ones I made, actually, the first one I made was um, for my state, Texas, so that I could find all the other Texans if there were any. And it turns out there's a bunch. We're almost to 100. I mean, I'm sure that's just a percentage of that, the people that are actually, you know, here and contributing uh, underground, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. And then I started one called Herbal Benefits. Um, I started Everything Aliens. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I've got like eight or nine (laughs) uh, political conversation group. uh, I can't think of any others. I know there's at least three or four. I got a bunch too. I also immediately started with a regional group and uh, to find the others in New England. Vermont's a little too small to focus on, so we went regionally there. And uh, I've actually met up with a few awesome other uh, members of the site, and we've done a regional campout. It was our first event. It was pretty awesome. We met in the mountains and the green mountains out in the wilderness and camped out and hung out all night. I'm so jealous I wasn't there. (laughs) Super cool. I can't wait for the next one. Hopefully lots more people show up, but the small group is just as awesome too. Yeah. So cool to find new people using this site. And then tomorrow I am driving to New York City with another site member, and we're going to see Spangle in New York City. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. Um, Do you know him uh, before the world, or did you know him? No, so we're talking about one of Jerry's kids, my boy. Uh, We actually had never met on the site. We uh, got to know each other, and we've been talking for months now and trying to, uh, like, get together and hang out. But, uh, you know, busy, 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 and this is finally the time we're going to get to hang out. What better way to do it than go to a Spongle show? (laughs) So, shout out to one of Jerry's kids, my boy. Which one? Uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the the black sheep. Yeah. (laughs) uh, 
but yeah, so uh, the, that was my first group as well, was the regional thing, and so far it's going well. My regional group even has a private Discord server where we have a little chat and trying to figure this stuff out and trying to create new meetups in the future. Um, then I also just created groups for all of my interests. So there's a group for Kratom, there's a group for uh, MDMA, there's a group for ooh, a bunch of different stuff. So yeah, that, that was also just, I, I decided to make different groups for all of the different interests and like discussion of mainstream religion is one that that's been one of my interests for a very, very long time. I was raised uh, in the Southern Baptist Church as a preacher's kid, so I've always been pretty interested in world religions, and I've done a lot of mission work as a kid, traveling around the world and learning about other religions while I was, like, trying to brainwash them into my way. <laughs> uh, so it's just always been on my mind. That's probably one of my favorite topics to chat about usually. And it's a good one. Extreme religion. It is a lot of fun. It's so, full of controversy. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Real good stuff. But, yeah, so the podcast we're we're doing here, though, is uh, wanting to talk about books. So, Which is no, how me, you know, we became friends. It is. over books. We, uh, <laughs> and that in, in the, it was it the... The bookshelf. Book, the bookshelf, yeah, on the bookshelf group we met and exchanged some books and and recommendations and it's kind of funny that, right. uh, that um the the like details of the group said um something like uh, sharing uh pictures of the books is yeah. all they wanted and then i kind of like i think i asked and told them like hey if this isn't cool i'll take it down but they said no, they didn't say anything so I just started like posting a bunch of PDFs <laughs> of some stuff that I really think needs to be shared. Yeah, and I mean, in my group of friends, like here at home, like I have tons of books. I have books coming out my ears, and the last thing I need is more books. And my wife's always telling me to get rid of them, so the way I get rid of them is just share them with my friends. So I'm constantly giving books to friends mm-hmm. in my in my twisted worldview sharing pdfs is a shame the thing is i get to keep it as well uh but <laughs> we're just sharing books with friends you know uh but i i will say that those authors among our group uh go out and buy their books we have a couple awesome authors on the site and uh they need they need our support like the alien theory i know of dick con andrew gallimore uh I know there's a couple others and I can't can't come to mind right away. But uh yeah, we have a lot of creative talented people in our group, so support them when you can. Yeah, actually I'm I'm uh I've been thinking that um having those PDFs probably isn't the best idea for now. I think it's okay, but as we get like publicity, I yeah. think it could cause issues and so I think probably yeah, in the next month or so I'll probably take all mine down. Yeah, I think it's a good thing to think about when it is just sharing with a couple friends, you know, it's different than dropping it out for everybody and hurting the market. But for now, I I love being able to share stuff with friends that when they have a question, be able to provide a resource to help them out, you know? Yep. 
Exactly. Uh, so yeah, what have you been reading? I was just about to, hell yeah, I was just about to, it's so cool, Um, I feel like I've known you my whole life, dude, you're you're like an older version of me almost, Uh, I'm uh, I'm 26 soon, Um, so it's not like uh, you're an old man or anything (laughs) compared to me. Yeah, well, Um, that's fine, I'll take it. uh, But what's even cooler is it just seems like we're always on the same page like uh, before we got on this conversation whenever you were uh, I guess you were typing something about how long we should talk and I had already sent the message I'm thinking an hour and a half or so and it's yeah, just so cool right. and like just now you're like what books you've been reading and I was literally about to like say <laughs> exactly that uh, I've been reading this yeah. book called My Big Toe it's um, uh, by Thomas Campbell and uh, it's fascinating it's a trilogy uh, toe stands for theory of everything, and he believes that um, we are part of a virtual reality, but not in the sense that uh, he doesn't think that like just Earth or whatever that that that's all the, a simulation. He uh, claims that he um, can like astral project and that there's a whole other dimension out there and that he's he does it regularly and uh through meditation uh and that um that our reality is one of many realities and that earth is like a training ground and once you get quote unquote past earth i guess you reincarnate so many times until you uh, well, that's my understanding, at least. He didn't say all of this, but that's what I've gotten from it, that, that you evolve and in, in go into this different... Uh... Actually, he he says that... You know what? Uh, I don't want to misquote him, uh, but I, I do want to um, uh, read a well, few you know, things that he has said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, hit us with it. Uh, so I was going to read a, a bunch of this, um, but I'm thinking maybe... No, yeah, I'll read all of it. Okay, it... It may be conceptually useful to consider computer consciousness as the synergy that's created by the sum of the computer's hardware and software parts. The larger consciousness ecosystem evolves, increasing its synergy as its parts move toward lower entropy configurations through an iterative process we call the consciousness cycle. And there's a few words that... um, not everyone probably knows. I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer, so entropy is uh, normal to me, and synergy is just um, the opposite, uh, kind of. Um, uh, entropy is the increase of chaos, pretty much. Um, so he's... Uh, I'll keep reading. Uh, consciousness is energetic. Entropy reducing result, not a mechanism or a device. Computers, brains, and reality cells are mechanisms. Simply put, consciousness represents the energy of organization. One does not make a consciousness system. One makes a system that supports the evolution of consciousness. Consciousness, like a flower, cannot be directly constructed, but grows when given suitably fertile conditions. And that makes perfect sense. I mean, why wouldn't wouldn't consciousness be be the same as uh, everything else you can't uh, grow a plant without suitable conditions you can't you know grow a chicken without the right you know temperature range you, you know even a human if if right. the mom is too stressed then 
the kid feels it and it's not, you know, suitable. Right. Uh, super interesting. I actually was listening to a podcast today. Uh, it was Making Sense podcast with Sam Harris. And he had his wife on, Annika Harris, who wrote a book recently uh, called Consciousness. And it was her talking with Donald Hoffman, who wrote a book, The Case Against Reality, which is I have not read, but I have read Consciousness. And uh, they were talking right in the same vein about the same stuff uh, about how, and his, his way of even explaining his theory was talking about using like simulation type language to describe what's real, you know, like the way he put, I'm trying not to put the thought together here. He said, what's real in real life, you know, when we think like a Corvette, you know, if there's a Corvette sitting in front of me and you, we both are going to see that Corvette. But he said it's very similar to if we were in the virtual reality looking at a Corvette. Both of us would see that Corvette in virtual reality. But all that was was a representation of something that we, that's the only way we can understand it. And in reality, that Corvette is a bunch of, you know, bits and and computer code. Uh, but both of us would see it as the Corvette. So then he takes that to real reality or the reality that we all walk in. <laughs> and he says that even though that Corvette we both see is the same, we don't understand what it actually is. So the only way to talk about it is the descriptions we've given it, you know, ways we've learned to describe things and see things. Exactly. And share that. Very interesting stuff. Have you read Annika Harris's book, Consciousness? I've not. I've never heard of her. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, she, so Sam Harris is a... I know about Sam Harris. Well He's, known. Yeah. yeah. So I, I first learned about her book when he had her on his podcast. Can you imagine having your wife on your podcast? Uh, no. Sounds... <laughs> It was an interesting one too, but uh, her book is absolutely amazing. She really dives into to the the problem of consciousness, and and she pretty much falls to the panpsychism uh, realm of things, to where there's consciousness in everything. Uh, I can see that the idea that it's at a certain complexity, consciousness all of a sudden exists. Just uh, yeah, I think the theory that you know, I think material, like scientific materialism, that would say that consciousness, if they admit to it existing at all, is something that at a certain level of complexity just spontaneously appears. Happens. Yeah, right. Which is nonsense. Yeah, just that it doesn't. Make In my opinion, to me, but I like toying with the idea either way. Yeah, it's fun. But. uh yeah, because at what, at what complexity does that consciousness explode? Where's the line? I want to find it. Yeah, I think it's more likely that there's um, a variety of levels and that, uh, you know, at a certain point we can see it because, you know, our sensors, meaning our eyes and, and ears and perception, um, are sensitive enough to you know pick it up <laughs> right yeah 
And the, the ideas she toys with in her book too are, uh, well, she uses the definition early on of for what is consciousness. Uh, the definition that they play with is uh, something that has an experience of being it. So if you can have an experience of being Luke Skywalker, <laughs> consciousness there. Yeah. If there's an experience of being a turtle, there's something there. But is there an experience of being a chair? Or a rock? Or a rock? There probably is, but we couldn't define it the way that we would define our own consciousness. So I think it's an interesting definition to the fact that something has something that it's like to be it. Yeah. Uh, I think the, that's a, a fun definition for sure. Fun and, and pretty simple. Um, yeah. Uh, Thomas Campbell has a, um, he's got his own consciousness definition. I guess he, this is like the the definitions that he uses as he's talking. Not necessarily um, the definition, it's just how he understands it and how he wants to uh, talk about it. But he's got, um, he's got four different, uh, I guess, criteria you call it one of them oh here they are um i can what do you think i should uh say the concepts and define them uh, or or just say sure, the concepts sure hit us with it give it all all right it says um, four concepts define dynamic evolving aware consciousness the first one self-awareness um Consciousness requires the ability to sense and at least partially experience the state of its being. It must notice and respond to partial, partially, sorry, it must notice and respond to at least some internal and external environmental pressures. So under that, just even that first concept, probably a rock is not a conscious being, although I think Native Americans would disagree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second one is evolutionary viability or potential. Successfully evolving consciousness systems require a large enough selection of possible future states to ensure profitability over a wide range of environmental pressures and constraints. An entity explores its potential by expanding into the available possibilities and letting the profitability of each variation determine whether the variation continues to evolve or fades away. Um, so I know that we, um, <laughs> this is kind of, I guess, off track because I sent you the quotes that I was thinking about talking about, but then you said, yeah, a definition of consciousness, and I was like, hmm, you know, let me jump around to that. I think it's, yeah, uh, no, that's good stuff. I like hearing all the different. Um, to talk about it when you don't know what it means. So yeah, let's, let's get definitions out there. I like it. Cool. I'll um I'll keep going to number three, which is the ability to modify the self. Consciousness must be able to intentionally change its state of being in response to evolutionary constraints and pressures, even if that intention is extraordinarily dim. 
which I guess would be like bugs. <laughs> or even, even plants. Yes, definitely. Well, reaching for light. They're, to to be able to adjust their position. Yeah. Will be I, changing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think um, something that is um, not widely uh, accepted or even considered, uh, except maybe in this community, is that um, maybe plants don't have a dim consciousness. Maybe what we see isn't, you know, the entire plant. People used to always believe that each plant had a spirit attached to it or something like this. Yeah. And uh, maybe maybe what we see is just, you know, how they get food. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I think plant consciousness is a fun idea to toy with. And that's always my uh, my go-to argument whenever I get into battles with vegans. Love you, vegans. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I, I myself was vegan for a very long time and I now have a farm where I raise meat for my family and the people I can relate most to when it comes to food are vegans typically because they're very conscious of what they're putting in their body opposed to just the regular run-of-the-mill American who's just going to stuff whatever he wants in his face. Especially if so I get along with them well but the argument I always fall back to is I, I personally believe plants have some consciousness and most of the vegan arguments based on they don't eat animals because of their consciousness. And yeah. I think I think plants probably have similar levels of consciousness depending on the species because there's some animals that are not doing anything. Yeah. And then there's plants that are super active. Changing the world. Changing <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think... Absolutely. I think that um, a animals, uh, in many cases, probably have dimmer. Sorry, I'm. <laughs> I'm also uh, a husband and making lunch. Um, I think they have. Uh, some animals might have a, a dimmer consciousness than many plants. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a especially human to play with. Right? Yeah. monkeys. <laughs> All right. Number four. Number four, intelligence, artificial or natural. Consciousness must possess at least a rudimentary capability to store and process information. Uh, intelligent action is the result. Sorry, I, I looked away for a second. I had to find my spot. Intelligent action is the result of integrated, coherent information processing, hardware and software in the most general sense of those terms that enables the accumulation of lessons learned within memory, performs analytic functions such as decision-making, fight or flight, and compares before and after states to evaluate the results of actions taken. The value of a particular lesson, decision, or comparison is ultimately judged by how much it facilitates increasing or maintaining a system's, uh, in parentheses, entities, profitability relative to its internal and external environments. That's it. Fair enough. That's a whole lot more than just there being something that it's like to be something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. The definition dove in a little further. Um, it's good to start out simple, though. Nothing. I, I like your, uh, what is her, Anne 
Annika Harris. Annika Harris. I'm definitely going to look into that. And that other book you mentioned sounded yeah. cool too. What was it? The something to reality. The argument against or the case against reality. Case against. And I haven't read that one yet. I, it's on my list. He was uh, very compelling in his uh, in his argument on the podcast there. So he he's somebody that studied consciousness for a very long time, I guess. Whereas Annika Harris is like a uh, amateur philosopher. She this this is an actual like you and me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> just an amateur. But uh, yeah, cool, cool. Her book is really easy too. It's not a hard book. It, for being about such a difficult topic, it's so. It's written to the layman, and it's only like 150, 200 pages topic. So it's a it's a fun, quick read. I enjoyed it. And cool. I got it on Scribd, I think. So it's even available as an audio book on there. Nice. But uh, yeah, there's actually an author that I'm a fan of. Uh, his name is Paul Selig, and he's not actually, I guess calling him an author isn't true. He's a channel. So he channels these things oh. called the guides. And the guides bring forward this very esoteric teachings. And they've, he sits and channels these whole books. And Whoa. he'll sit and just talk to crowds. And then it's all written down, transcribed. And then he releases it as a book unedited. So wow. Entire books unedited. Oh shit. That's but, uh, he actually has a quote. What you look at as reality is actually a composite of ideas, teachings, or collective agreements made into form. Uh, and like I said, it's not his quote, it's the guides. But uh that is what the guides teach as what reality is, that it's these ideas and agreements that come together. And like we said. It, it could be the code behind everything, you know, mm-hmm. that we don't understand how to talk about, but it gives us the place to say that's a Lamborghini or whatever. Yeah. Well, um, so. speaking of code, um, I have been learning about codes uh, lately at school and stuff. And um, anytime that I study something, I kind of um, see how it applies to my life. And um, with code and like fluid dynamics, it's uh, it's interesting where my thought processes went because I start seeing people as um, not like they are programs, but like they have programs. So I think a good example of that is like, um, well, um, no offense, but your the people that brought you up, you told me, um, have a lot of programs. In my opinion, they yeah. um, are very set in their ways, and they, uh, probably nothing will change them. Um, even whenever you know facts come up that uh, should prove many of the things that they're doing wrong, or or even just um, the fact that. They probably don't. Um, well, like, do you mind if I uh, mention what denomination? Oh yeah, no, that's fine. I was raised Southern Baptist. Yeah, so um, I don't know 
all of the specifics about Southern Baptists, but I believe that is an offshoot of Christianity somehow. Yeah, it's a my understanding branch. Yes, um, and evangelical. I would say. <laughs> from um, from most people that I've talked to, and I mean, I grew up Catholic, so um, I. I from my understanding, the things that Jesus taught were about love, not hate. And from my understanding, there's a lot of hate in the, uh, <laughs> well, not just Southern Baptists, but most Christian uh, communities. Uh, there's a lot of love, too, but there's just a lot of people that have taken advantage of the love and the, um, I don't want to say, yeah, naive, I think is a good word. Uh, the so I got this awesome. I got this awesome quote. Uh, Shoot. That was it's Ram Dass. I love Ram Dass. Oh yeah, Ram Dass is awesome. So this is a quote from Ram Dass. I believe this was a spoken something I transcribed and wrote down because I loved hearing it so much. <laughs> it goes: Both Christians and Jews are deeply concerned about someone called Jesus Christ. He's a problem to both. He is a man who came out and discovered he was God. Yeah. And that simply is impermissible. The Jews handled it in one way. The Christians handled it as effectively in another way. The Christians handled Jesus perfectly, even more tactfully than the Jews. By putting him on a pedestal and saying, this was the only man who was ever God, and nobody else was really so before and certainly no one can be so afterwards. Okay, Stop um, right there, put him on an uh, altar, bow down to him, worship him, so that everything you had to say would be null and void. And it worked. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that quote. I wrote it down, down too. Uh, I, I wrote it down, though, when I was listening to Alan Watts. I, it's almost word for word. I wonder if they borrowed it from each other or like if this it's was something possible. that was it's accidentally channeled. Yeah, you know how said, and I I loved it. It meant a lot to me. Me too. <laughs> That's exactly what they've done. Put him there, bow down to him, and then everything's null and void. Doesn't matter what he said. It just matters that he died, and you have to believe that. Oh, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's a weird weird place. But sorry for sidetracking there. I no, Ram Dass, dude, there's no think about him. <laughs> There's no such thing as sidetracking. <laughs> like cool. most of our conversations just riffing off of one another. So speaking of sidetracking, um the my big toe. Yeah. Does he touch on entheogens altered consciousness at all? Man, you would expect so, right? Uh I I Googled his I mean name. that looks what, like a thousand pages? Yeah. I haven't he hasn't mentioned it yet. Um, and I don't think he will. I looked up his name online, actually on YouTube, because that's how I found him. It was on YouTube. Uh, he talks about his books, and like the way he talks about it is fascinating. He's just a brilliant dude. He was actually a physician, a physician, a physicist, um, which is uh, ironic that he's talking about astral projection. But he says he has proof, and in book three, apparently. He'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> we'll see if it works out like that. But I can't wait to see you project some stuff. <laughs> but um, he, uh, in the video I found of him talking about um, that, he uh, he basically says that it's um, 
he doesn't disregard it, which I think is good. Um, he says that it's like a shortcut, basically, and that in the long run, it's not worth it, and that it's better to develop the um, the ability, the consciousness, um, to do it without it. Uh, he he says that yeah. he doesn't think they are worth the time, but that's like <laughs> that's like my uh, fluid mechanics teacher saying that you know this assignment is going to be really easy but it's like super difficult because he's a doctor in the subject and, and I'm a, a junior. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I have this argument with lots of folks constantly, not argument discussion. Yeah. Uh, but I have a lot of friends that are into the, you know, meditation, breath work, holotropic and, uh, you know, every sort of way yogis and, and often will argue that these are just cheating or these are just like shortcuts, you know, and even Ramdas, who I absolutely love, and he talks about this a lot. I think his quote is, when you're already in Detroit, you don't have to take a bus to get there, yeah. which I, I think is a great way to put it. And I, I get it. If you're sitting in that, uh, in your higher self already, you don't need a shortcut. But yeah. there's a lot of us that are stubborn as hell and... Uh, or too thick-headed to, to even wake up to start it. At least I am. I, I know that about myself. I, I would never have tried meditation if I hadn't first eaten, you know, eight hits of LSD. <laughs> it, um, it never would have happened for me. My fidgety ass would have never sat still long enough to even think that breathing was a good idea. That's hilarious. Um, like, I, you know, when you, when the, what's the other famous quote? When the, when you get the message, hang up the phone, you know? Yep. But when the phone rings, you got to pick it up sometimes. <laughs> that was a quote that I heard Alex say the other day when I was chatting with him. I think that's a great quote. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alex told me another thing that I really like. Like, uh, it was about consciousness. Um, he said, uh, and I don't know if this was his quote or where it came from, but it was fascinating to me. He said that um, each human being is... And, you know, this leads me right into the next quote. Uh, each human being is like a, a drop in a river. And the river is um, consciousness, I guess. Um, and that uh, whenever the river hits a waterfall and all those droplets separate while they're falling, or most of them, that is the human experience. And whenever you hit the bottom, that is you joining consciousness again going back into it and uh interesting the quote um from my big toe he says the consciousness you possess is a fragment of a larger individuated consciousness your fragment and many other fragments of other individual units of consciousness are all interacting by exercising their intent and making choices within the bounds of the space-time rule set which defines a virtual physical matter reality, which he calls PMR, in order to speed up the process of personal consciousness evolution. Your consciousness is self-organizing form of potential energy and accumulation of digital synergy created by a multitude of profitable, intense, and wise choices. That's it. Right on. 
Yeah, that whole theory of, uh, you know, going back to something greater is uh, it's, uh, also a fun one to play with. And uh, I, I mentioned both of these authors before, but Dick Kahn and Andrew Gallimore, the books they've recently put out, I've heard them both talk about this same idea, and they both kind of offer the idea that the DMC realm and the entities we see there are just us. They're just, they're, if you will, like, the giant ocean of us yeah. and the key is just a way to allow the human form of us to open back up to that, uh, that entity that we will go back to being part of when we're done. And Dick Khan has a bit more of an occult view of it, but uh, which just means like secretive, right? Theory. Occult. Right. Yeah. It's the, the hidden truth or whatever, you know, uh, and I guess when I say a cold, I also, he, he has more of a, I guess a layman's view of it, whereas Andrew goes at it from this super science-y, heady place that's way over my head. <laughs> I absolutely love this book. If you're listening out there, Andrew, I love you, man, but you're way smarter than I am. <laughs> uh, it's but funny. both of them, that theory to play with is it's a whole lot of fun. And then that, you know, the Christianity side of things, because I always try and tie tie my understanding of that into this stuff. <laughs> There's a teacher named Karoli Baba, and he has a, a cool way of looking at it that kind of goes with this. He says, these medicines will allow you to come and visit Christ, but you can only stay two hours. Then you have to leave again. <laughs> this is not the true samadhi or I don't know the word. I, I think you said it right. Anyway. All right. It's better to become Christ than to visit him. But even the visit of a saint for a moment is useful. But love is the most powerful lesson. Medicine, sorry. So the samadhi is the perfect union of the individualized soul with the infinite spirit. That's what that means. But, yeah, so, you know, dipping into the Christ self, calling yourself the higher self or however it's it's worded a zillion different ways. Still kind of speaks to that same truth. Totally. I love that. Um, kind of interesting. Uh, I, uh, on that same uh, topic, uh, tangential kind of, there's something called spirit science. Have you heard of it? No. It's on YouTube. And uh, actually, this is kind of what got me into all this stuff. I started learning about chakras and, I was rolling at the time. I stayed up like three hours later than everybody else after the rave reading about <laughs> chakras and uh, and shit like that. But um, uh, lost my train of thought. We were talking about... Nah, moving on. <laughs> Never mind. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, chakras. You started digging into those, which are... Uh... What's your take on that stuff? I think it makes a lot Energy of sense. Centers and all of that. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't understand it completely, but the idea that, um, well, first of all, I think it's fascinating that the uh, before we had, you know, the technology to, or I guess the uh, the understandings that we do about science and. And the way uh, the body works, we uh, well, what they 
say is that the the chakras all are in specific spots and um it just so happens that all, all of those spots are uh also in line with our endocrine system which is uh where all of our hormones are produced <laughs> and uh and that whenever someone is like uh, in a bad emotional state that depending on the reason for that bad emotional state um it will um, close or clog these chakras and then when that happens the endocrine the uh, gland that's connected to that chakra will um not work as well and in turn the hormones that you need to regulate your emotions are not produced and it causes dysfunctions in the body including cancer and all sorts of shit sicknesses i don't know about causes uh contributes to let's put it that way yeah yeah definitely to me i i I spend a lot of time thinking about balance because uh i'm completely out of balance and i have been since i was a little kid like but my uh, i mean my physical balance as well i'm not falling over physically but I've always, I feel like I have at least one energy center in me constantly out of balance. And it's what probably causes me more suffering and stress than anything else is just somehow I let those centers get clogged and then something else produces too much. And whether it's spirituality is out of whack or my sexuality is out of whack or my emotions are out of whack or, you know always seems to be because i let one thing take too much attention and let the other areas slip and just finding perfect balance in my life is something that that's like the ultimate goal that i just don't foresee myself ever getting (laughs) desperately want to you know yeah because i uh yeah my adhd mind gets like so impassioned with things and just keeps driving down the same road when I should be paying attention to all the other roads too, you know? Yeah. Mr. Exit a few times. So, Take oh a, God. a whole bunch of U-turns. Take my own exit sometimes, <laughs> drive through the field and end up with corn in my teeth. Well, you can do that if yeah. you've got a truck of some sort, but not if you've got oh, a small yeah. car. No, no, I guess i got a monster truck because I end up in all kinds of places I don't need to be sometimes. But I, I, I don't know. I love the 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 teachings that go with the chakras and energy centers and you were just saying before when we talked you were talking about uh electromagnetics or something talking about the energy inside of you and i've read that that those like emanate or start at these centers and I don't know. I, you know more than me because you were trying to explain it to me. But <laughs> Well, I, I'm not even, honestly, I guess that came from uh, whenever I started um, listening. Oh, well, that was <laughs> that was spirit science, too. I can't remember the first thing we were going to talk about, but um, spirit science um, brought up uh, the uh, HeartMath Institute which is uh, an organization that um, is studying the connection between the brain and the heart and how your emotions um, directly change your state of mind, but also 
how your state of mind can contribute contribute to and uh, your state of mind your thoughts can contribute to the uh, way that you feel and they um, they go into the uh, fact the measured fact that your brain with its electrical uh, impulses also uh, produce magnetic fields which um, is something that uh, everyone in the scientific community knows but something that most people don't pay attention to is that your heart has one too and it's actually bigger um, infinitely so um, well supposedly it's like I said it's only like a three foot radius from the from the heart but um, that's just because their sensors aren't sensitive enough. They can't measure past three feet. I think probably all of us are connected in the heart um, when we choose to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the energy you you said that I'm sorry you gotta explain for me slower. The heart's what what is it that's emanating? So you have. Um, because the heart has uh, electrical impulses, same as the brain, uh, it produces uh, electromagnetic frequency. You've got a field around you. So it's a free field of like, vibrating frequency. It's um, a magnetic frequency. So um, ah. the the brain, uh, sorry, not the brain, electrical signals um, are they in tandem? are in tandem with magnetics. If you have a magnetic field, there's an electronic com component and vice versa. And so since we yeah. use electricity uh, to function, you yeah. produce a field. Um, and another thing, um, so uh, the direction is important. Your uh, whatever, so say there's two neurons that are connected and they, uh, an electrical impulse is sent across one to the other uh, the nodes or whatever, um, the direction that that electrical signal goes uh, at a 90 degree angle is the magnetic field. And so that's why it goes away from you and creates like a, a some sort of, I, I guess it, I've always seen it uh, in pictures as a, like a sphere, but who knows really yeah. what it looks like. People say toroidal. Or whatever yeah right and so my my thinking um, something that I've always come back to is that um, when you when you take certain substances um, it amplifies it well let me rephrase that when you take any substance it alters it um, and specific substances like the ones that our community um, revolves around is uh, I think mostly amplifiers and they distort it in some way. I, I've always uh, used this uh, explanation whenever I talk to people about um, about animals and how they can tell almost <laughs> or it seems like yeah. it at least. Um, how um, you'll be, you know, like at the the peak or whatever, and 
the cat comes up and jumps in your lap and looks at you all funny or right. the dog just will not stop barking like running around like crazy or um my chickens <laughs> i have chickens and and they're crazy whenever i so yesterday i um partook in a journey and um there was a point where i was uh at the most intense part i'm laying uh <laughs> on the floor in my bathroom there's carpets like little rugs and I had my blanket and a pillow just because this room was the darkest room. It was during yeah. the day and it was too bright for me. <laughs> and, uh, excuse me, sorry. I'm sure that sounded way too loud through the microphone. Um, they wouldn't shut up. I could hear them from my freaking bathroom. They were just going crazy. <laughs> and I could hear dogs just barking up a storm, like maybe, I don't know, quarter mile radius. I'm not really sure how far. But it was just odd to me. Like, I've been home at this time of day, on this day before, and the dogs were not going this crazy. Like, in all directions. If it was one direction, I could think, like, oh, maybe, you know, something is just disturbing those dogs. But it was like I could hear a dog barking in this direction and this direction all around me. It was like these dogs were going crazy. And uh, it seemed like it corresponded with whenever my yeah. chickens were going crazy that's interesting i've also always thought that animals have some weird sense about that stuff but uh i've definitely never tested it or or researched it at all but yeah my cat jumps in my lap very rarely but except for when i'm tripping or rolling that cat wants to be right there do you think it's because um the cat enjoys it and the closer it is, you know, the proximity controls the strength with which your electromagnetic fields interact. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, neither do I. <laughs> I, I think like... I, I think I act differently to the cat when I'm in those states. That so is very likely to cause a change. Maybe just that, that my change in behavior around it is like I'm more welcoming. So it's, I don't know. But the electrical, uh, electromagnetic attraction or whatever is an interesting theory. I like it a lot. Have you studied the Merkaba at all? That's like spinning energy fields too. Yeah, I um, I learned about that from spirit science as well. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, so the the YouTube, the spirit science YouTube channel, he. Uh, he kind of takes concepts from this book called The Flower of Life, and uh, he draws cartoons up for them and uh, and makes them in a really simple to understand way. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of how I came to uh, understand a lot of these concepts. And it's really funny that uh, now he's got a video about psychedelics. <laughs> oh, wow. Hang on, yeah, I'm just definitely gonna have to check out this guy's YouTube. That's interesting stuff. He's got a book too, but I haven't read it yet. Hang on, I have actually read the book The Flower of Life. That is an interesting one. Did you read them both? Apparently, no, there's two parts to it. Yeah, I think I only read the first part because I like I, I think it came across as a PDF that I saw somewhere and flipped through it because it wasn't 
too long, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's it's pretty short. Um, it's uh, and it's got pictures too, so it takes yeah. up some of the space. Um, yeah. I haven't read the second one either, but I have it, <laughs> like cool. a physical copy. Well, there's a, a future discussion for us for sure. I'm sure, yeah. It it covers a, a wide variety of topics. Cool. Well, so we've been uh, talking for a bit. I kind of want to go over uh, what our plans are for the future of this thing. Sounds good. What we want to get into. And uh, so my, my vision for uh, these chats is to to get input on all these different books that I'm reading from as many different people as I can. So I'm hoping that if we can go forward, we could pick a book or two before each one yeah. and reach out to the community looking for other people that have read it or letting them know we're going to discuss it and to go ahead and read it. Yeah. Book club style. And then uh, we'll do some reading from the book at the beginning. Uh, we'll do a little personal dissection and then we'll do some chats with as many community members as want to be involved and we'll kind of put it together as a TMT world effort to uh, understand some of these books that you know because I get one understanding from them you get one understanding from them. our personal experience and perspectives give us completely different knowledge reading the exact same words yep and the more ways I can have these ideas said to me the more understanding I'm going to gain from them. So that, that's really my hope in these chats. Is the, today was a little, a little sporadic going back and forth, but I really <laughs> hope to get, to get like some focus at the beginning and then just rock that out with different people. Yeah, well, this uh, was kind of, thoughts. this was kind of, I wouldn't say impromptu, but it, um, it was kind of just kind of dipping the toes in, you know, like right. get everybody rolling, talking, doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation the other day with Alex, which should be on the site soon. I'm told. Uh, but after doing it, I was like, man, I love talking to you guys. <laughs> yeah. It feels so natural. It feels so great. And it, we're not going to change the world talking to each other, but we're going to change ourselves. And that's pretty fucking important to me. Well, so I want to learn as much as I can from you guys and challenge myself, you know? Yeah. Um, the, uh, I guess, um, I, I totally uh, agree and subscribe to everything that you just said about uh, where it should go. And also, um, on top of that, I kind of, um, I see it, uh, well, my, I guess what, I, what I'm going to say is, has to do with uh, Alex and Michael Madness as well, uh, because it feels like, I I don't know, I, I think you probably have uh, <laughs> come across them, the trialogues with Terrence McKenna, Abraham, and, oh, yeah. and Sheldrake. Yep. Yeah. I feel like what we're starting, all of us, is something akin to that, where we're continuing the yeah. conversation that needs to happen. Um, but it, yeah. I mean, it's not even just the world. Uh, sorry, DMT world. I call it the world because I don't like to say the word DMT in public, I guess. <laughs> and not yet, at least. I'm not in public now, yeah. though. Uh, it's just uh, what I've been doing in public. Um, yeah. I think... Uh, you know, uh, there's a bunch of podcasts that are doing just that. They're continuing the conversation, talking about 
all these important things that are getting ignored by the mainstream media. Um, a few that I have come to love are um, Psychedelic Salon, which is yeah. a freaking treasure trove of yeah. brilliance. Uh, and uh, just he he's uh, one of the people that I first heard say, find the others besides Terrence McKenna. And he gave us a way to do that. Not only did he bring people together, he uh, and and the other people that are working with him now, he uh, introduced us to so many people. I don't know these, but right. uh, they don't know me, but I know them. And I feel like they're my friends because of who they are and what they're doing. Uh, I feel like we we have the same ag- agenda, I guess you'd call it, and um, another we're one having the, the same conversation. Yes, exactly. Okay. We're we're all continuing yeah. the conversation, and that's the important part, especially whenever you know the authorities are against you know mind expansion and <laughs> caring about others. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the third wave is a good one. Um. Yeah, Lorenzo is what he's done there. Lorenzo Haggerty with the psychedelic salon is just fantastic. Like the the podcasts that I listen to and the, have all been influenced by people that I've just heard on his show, and then I just went exploring and found them elsewhere. And he was definitely the first podcast I really subscribed to that that opened my eyes to this conversation going on everywhere, you know. But uh. Yeah, there's some good ones now. There really are. There's the Psychedelics Today, which they're doing a great job covering uh, the research and stuff that's going on. There's the DMTX podcast that started up that's all around the new DMTX uh, program where they're going in for the intravenous oh, wow. slow drip experience. So they're having a lot of great conversations. Uh, <laughs> there's some really good ones some really good podcasts out there and I uh, I listen to a lot of them I have a long drive to work and then at work I'm often doing just mindless tasks so that I can have a headphone in when I'm doing it so yeah me too favorites as well favorites as well but and and in the future we could even do some podcast review instead of book club review type stuff. Talk about one that really got us both or got somebody out there listening, heard one that you just you want to break down and talk more about. That's what this is. Let's continue the conversation. Wherever it started, from a book, from a movie, from anywhere. Let's let's dissect it all a little more and see how far we can take it. Maybe we could uh instead of naming it book club we could name it something about the conversation, continuing the conversation, or I don't know. Yeah, I dig Just that. ideas. I dig that. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I like it better. Awesome. My favorite podcast, actually, I'm going to plug him because I love him, man. He's in our, he's in our community is uh, Mike Brink with Mike. Mike Adelic. Yeah, his Dude, stuff's good. His podcast is like right up my personal alley. The, there's, there's no other one out there that he's exploring everything that I've been digging through and i love that dude he's awesome he's become my hero he overtook rogan as top podcast in my book oh wow 
I haven't gotten that much into him. I've heard one or two, and they were fascinating. Oh, but he had so many good guests in his solo cast, just him spitballing for hours. Cool. I could listen to him for hours. I, I think he's great. I really enjoy his stuff. But, yeah, continuing the conversation, I kind of like that. That's a cool one. It's got a little alliteration there, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it. Oh, cool. I'm so glad we got to do this today. And uh, start digging through a few of our books. Do you want to, do you mind if I end it on uh, one more quote? I love it. All right, cool. Um, uh, The key to a logical assessment of personality and feelings is an understanding of the concept of ego. Now that we're talking about feelings personality and ways of being, a discussion of the role and function of ego and its relationship to fear will be helpful. To understand ego, you must first understand fear. At the deepest level, fear is generated by ignorance within a consciousness of low quality. Fear and high entropy are mutually supportive. One creates and encourages the other. Earlier, we mentioned the evolutionary pressure was at the root of the four major motivators of mankind. Um, we didn't, but I, I, he uh, rephrases he them. He did. <laughs> Survival and material success, male-female relationship and sex, influence, control, and power, and self-improvement, love, and fear. The first three are a direct result of a physical evolution, whereas the last is a product of consciousness evolution. All four are uniquely blended together within each individual. It, it is this motivational mixture that drives the bulk of our choices. Whenever an individual perceives that he or she is seriously lacking any of the first three, fear is generated, especially in the con- if the consciousness quality is low. Additionally, fear arises from the incomplete knowledge or understanding. It leaps up in dread of unknown possibilities. Worry, anxiety, and feelings are inadequacy of inadequacy breed insecurity and fear. Ignorance, fanning the flames of fear, can quickly whip itself into a blaze of insecurities, building upon one another. Many of us have experienced this unhealthy degenerative process when a loved one becomes unexpectedly ill or hurt or is unaccounted for, and we do not know how the situation is going to turn out. I'm almost done. Fear resides in the intent or motivation, not the action. For example, purposefully avoiding trouble may be an act of good judgment and not necessarily an act motivated by fear. Fear, as a product of intent, represents a state of condition of consciousness. Fear is like mind cancer. It is a disease of consciousness, a dysfunctional condition of ignorance trapped within a little picture. Fear is expressed by high entropy intent, driving action that reflects neither understanding nor vision. Like a biological cancer, fear is debilitating and destructive of the system in which it grows. Eager is the direct result. Ego is the direct result of fear. Needs, wants, expectations, and desires are generated by the ego as part of its short-sighted strategy to reduce the anxiety produced by fear. And I could keep reading and reading because all of it's really yeah, it's fascinating. So but that's where my it's highlighting so stops. <laughs> that's awesome. I love talking about fear. I, there's some good stuff in there. 
whenever an individual perceives that he or she is seriously lacking and any of the first three fear is generated. It's awesome. Yeah, it's phenomenal. A lot of the things he says, they're like, duh. But then it's also like, man, yeah, I never right. heard it put like that. Right, exactly. Fear is debilitating and destructive of the system in which it grows. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was really fear, powerful. That is. That's good stuff. Fear creates more fear. Exactly. The only way to get rid of it is love. Love? Love destroys fear. So, man, that's awesome. I like that. we got to get rid of ignorance, but we mostly just have to get rid of fear. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to get rid of ignorance. It's always going to exist, but that doesn't mean we have to be afraid. Exactly, yeah. Fear of the unknown is uh, very real and uh, prevalent. That's uh, why we are in the you know the the, hot, the the boiling hot water we're in yeah exactly <laughs> cool well thank you for ending us with that i loved it yeah thanks for talking um, yeah. man i i uh you're one of my favorite people honestly and i'm yeah. so glad i met you and feelings mutual man thanks man i yeah, look forward to sharing awesome yeah i can't wait can't wait to get much smarter hanging out with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I look forward to the right, next brother. one. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean yeah, to we'll, love we'll you figure all it out. out there. Yeah. You guys love you. Take care. Love each other. Yeah. Much love, everyone. And, uh, Be safe. Test yeah. your substances. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Stay away from fentanyl. It's killing all my friends. Oh. All right. Love you guys. Later, dude. Peace.